You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for being here. One of the people that I was in close contact with on election night as the surprising returns were rolling in was Congresswoman Debbie Dingell of the Michigan 12th District. She joins me now to talk about what happened on election night and what we should expect going forward out of a Trump administration. Debbie, welcome to Detroit Today. It's good to be with you this morning. Absolutely. Uh, so let's start with how surprised you were. You were not as surprised as I was. Uh, I'll, I'll admit that on the air that we we have talked about this for months now. You had said from the beginning, this was going to be close. This was going to be close nationwide and this was going to be close in Michigan. I was a little more confident that uh, Hillary Clinton would pull it out. Were you at all shocked though to see the things happened that ended up happening on election day. So I have from the beginning, as you know, because you and I had long discussions about stop saying that she's got it made because I was worried that voters were being suppressed by many people. I think that's part of what happened at the primary, that people thought it would be okay, that their people were just disgusted by the whole system and didn't think that their vote mattered and that they wouldn't go out and vote. I knew that it, I, I predicted it was interesting yesterday. I was at a Rotary Club in Ann Arbor and I'd forgotten I spoke to them in April and had said to them, Donald Trump could win Michigan and could win this election. And they all thought I was crazy at the time. So you weren't the only person that thought I was crazy. <laughs> I had actually forgotten that I had said it back then. Um, I, I knew it was happening in Michigan. When I was in the union halls, when I was talking to seniors, or I, I was at Miller's Bar, or, you, you know, you, you heard it. And you knew that there was this economic anxiety, this frustration I knew it was going on in Michigan. What I missed and shouldn't have is the same thing that was happening here was happening in other states yeah. like us. But I might I represent Michigan, Wisconsin, exactly the, the 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 states that flipped right and, and cost her the wall. cost her the electoral college vote at least and and almost cost her the popular vote. I mean it, it, she did end up winning, but but very very narrowly that that economic frustration is is the narrative that that everyone seems to be grappling with right now. Uh, the the subtext of that, though, and maybe the overtext, I'm not sure which it is, uh, though, is this strain of racial and ethnic and religious resentment that Donald Trump uh, exploited and whipped up during the campaign? Uh, uh, talk to me about how much y you think that has to do with what we're seeing. You know, I've been thinking a lot about this for the last 48 hours, even though I was one of the people that predicted it could happen. You know, my district is really a microcosm of the country. Ann Arbor is liberal and passionate and really concerned about all of the rhetoric, the divisiveness, uh, all of the things that were said, you know, from race to the sexism, the et cetera. Ypsilanti, uh, the Ypsilanti area is urban issues, uh, uh, very, very, we had uh, incidences during the campaign on Eastern's campus, University of Michigan's campus too, of a racial nature. Dearborn, the Muslim community, Muslim community is probably without fail the most frightened today, uh, two days after this election about what is going to happen to them. Sure. And they came out, normally they're Republican and they came out in droves because they were worried about their future. And as I told you and repeatedly told multiple people, Downriver was strongly Trump. Uh, I told people Downriver was Trump. I told people Monroe was. I told people Macomb. And many discounted me. Uh, the And all those feelings, by the way, are still the day after. You know, there's fear. There's anger. 
and there are people, okay, is somebody going to do something about this? You know, when I was driving here this morning, I was thinking about my first trip, right? It was day two of my being a member of Congress, and you'll recall it was the first trip the president made to Detroit. And I was in the car with him, and I said, you know, Mr. President, we're really grateful for what you did for the auto industry. But people here are still scared. They are still feeling anxiety. They haven't seen any increases in their wages. They're scared to death. This is a cyclical industry. Any of us that have been around, uh, I've worked for the industry for three, three decades, 30 years, more than 30 years. You're scared. You wonder when the next downturn's coming. And that economic unease, that fear, that raw fear you felt in 2008 hasn't gone away. He got his back up in the car that day and said, oh, that's not true. They are better off. But I, I really do believe that fear and anxiety that I described to him that day that I fear. I fear. I say this to John. John, I, I, who's going to take care of me? I really worry if, you know, my pension's going to be there, the one that I yeah. worked for. And, and it's not a lot. It's not what I thought it would be, but I can get by. Right. If it's there. Right. And then the, the two issues tie together. I mean, you, you can't separate them, right? When people are anxious about their economic place in the country, it's easier to sell them the idea that that economic anxiety is about Muslims or Latinos or African-Americans. Donald Trump exploited that. Uh, but, but the question is, I think, what does the Democratic Party do to sort of rebond the relationship it used to have with those people. These people were Democrats for decades. Uh, they were there. A lot of them are still union members. Why have they left the Democratic Party? And what is it that the party has to do to 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 bring them back in? Well, I think we've really got to look at the two party system and what does it mean. I think we have to. I swore after I looked at the nomination system and ended up in such an uncomfortable, not great place to be, I'd never touch the nominating system again. All bets are off on that. I think we've got to look at the presidential nomination system and make sure that we are nominating... That it's fair. That it's fair and that it's... We're we're nominating the strongest candidates and and I really am committed to that. But, you know, I think people are voting... What is the two-party system? Do people identify as a Republican or Democrat? I don't... I'm not sure what that, it's a process by which we can run elections in this country. Uh, Will we start to see a stronger third party system in the next election cycle? If we redo the nominating system in some way and states look at that, that could happen. But I think people don't vote by party necessarily. They vote for the candidate that they think will be the best candidate for them and help them in their daily lives, which I, by the way, can't fault. So both parties have to nominate people that people believe are going to watch out for them. They're going to make their lives better. Yeah. Um, This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Debbie Dingell, the congresswoman from Michigan's 12th district. We're talking about, of course, the big news uh, in the presidential election here in 2016, Donald Trump winning an upset victory over Hillary Clinton. Uh, Debbie, the the, the racial strife that uh, an ethnic and religious strife that, that we saw unfold uh, and and intensify during the campaign. What are the things that you think uh, a Donald Trump as president uh, can do to sort of undo that? And what do you think is possible? I mean, here's now a president with immense 
potential for power if he can sort of consolidate the Republican-led Senate and House under his agenda. Uh, is There's certainly an opportunity for him to do something different than what he did. Do we have any reason to have a, an expectation that he will be different? Well, first of all, I believe in hope. So <laughs> I refuse to give up. Yeah, right. Uh, I think he acted presidential the night of his acceptance speech. I think we're all worried about which... Donald Trump will come to the game every single day, which I do think is one of the anxieties that someone like me does have. But I think he's going to have people in his cabinet, the names that I've heard, certain Newt Gingrich. Uh, uh, and actually, you know, Juliana, they, Juliana was mayor of a city. I didn't agree with a lot of things that he did, but he had complicated demographics. Sure. So I... I I have to believe that he's got – I'm very concerned about the demonstrations I saw break out across the country mm-hmm. and identify with why they are doing it. I'm trying to be responsible. We are America. We come together as Americans. Just as I was saying to them that before this election, we have to come together as Americans the day after the election. That's what the walk – I got to walk my talk. Yeah. And I'm trying to do that. But I also have to make sure that he is not going to do anything that takes us back from what we've accomplished. I think that that is the thing that people are really focused on is how do you stop the things that he threatens to do uh, to these these demographic groups? I mean, uh, you know, uh, mass deportations, a religious test for immigration, these are at odds with fundamental American values, not just Democratic or Republican ones. If he were to put those kinds of things – uh, in play, it would really it would really inspire, I think, a, a, a vehement pushback and maybe a violent one. I will tell you this right now for the Muslim community. I talk about that. I promise you that I will do everything in my heart and soul to make sure we never target someone because of their religion. You know, I was speaking with Ron Weiser, who uh, won University of Michigan uh, uh, regent, uh, regent, least, yeah. but was talking about how the Jewish community feels on campus and that they are being targeted. We cannot allow that to happen in this country. It is not who we are as Americans. And I have every intention. I've always worked across the aisle. Uh, My colleague, Daryl Issa, has been uh, incredible working with me and my young Muslim soldier from Taylor went to Paris Island with me. We have to build a coalition of Republicans and Democrats who know the fundamental pillar of our Constitution is freedom of religion and make sure that there is a backstop to anything, anything that would harm that in this country. Yeah. Okay, Debbie Dingle, Congresswoman from Michigan's 12th District. Thanks, as always, for being with us on Detroit Today. Thank you. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. We'll be back after a short break.